Hey everybody, Thomas here to give you a quick update from iCast Fireball. I say I'm giving you all an update, but I mainly just want to give a big ol' thank you to everyone that has been following along and listening to our show. Over this past month, you all have surprised us and helped us get over 1,200 downloads for the month of January. This was by far the most downloads we've ever had up to this point and is quite literally thanks to all of you. There is a lot of excitement over here at ICF as a result of this, and it's caused us to dream bigger than we ever dared dream. At our core, the cast of ICF are all storytellers, and there are more stories that we'd like to share beyond this campaign. But of course, more stories means more work, and we're already pushing Mickey hard enough with the editing. Like many of our own favorite podcasts, we've been considering launching a Patreon account, which would give us the juice we need to provide more content for our wonderful fans. But before we jump in headfirst, we'd like to see if there's enough interest to justify taking this big step. So, for the next two months, we will be taking a poll that will help drive and shape the future of iCast Fireball. Now you can participate in this poll in two different ways. The first way is to contribute to our Kofi account. Kofi is a free-to-use and feedless online donation service that allows you to tip creators directly without part of your donation being taken by the website itself. As I mentioned, we will mainly be using this as a poll, so even giving the minimum donation amount is a strong indicator to us on how much you would like new material from ICF and if starting a Patreon would be a viable next step for us. Our Kofi account will be in the episode description. The second way you can contribute is by reaching out to us at our email, icastfireball2020 at gmail.com, or tagging us on social media using the hashtag icastfireball. We would love to hear any suggestions you have or preferences of what stories you would like to see told. Again, this poll will take place over the next two months, so let us know what you think during that time to help us shape the future of iCast Fireball. As always, thank you for lending us your ear, and on with the show! Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your dungeon master for this adventure, and around the table we've got... Malamara. Lance Thalen. Fleeple. Motaragunamin. And Brick and Bartham. All right, that's right. We've got Brick and Mortar back for another week's episode. Heather, Caleb, thank you for joining us. And I think we're all anxious to see what's going to happen in this week's episode. So let's recap where we left everybody after last episode. So last, we left our new band of adventurers. They had bribed Terry Ann into letting them bypass their tutorial battle, proving themselves to be the heroes of Wisteria Vale, this magical and creepy city that is riddled with odd behavior from the townsfolk, including short or repeated responses from the townsfolk themselves, or others randomly bursting into song, normally led by Terry Ann, the narrator of this story. Now, after gaining access to the manor to stab Vargan Quill in the heart to heal him of his curse that originally placed him in Wisteria Vale, they discovered that the manor had been taken over by a beholder, Renacor the Great. And while the party was going on in the main hall, they went about trying to find Quill, as the Quill in the main hall appeared to be an imposter. Successfully splitting the party, they discovered one, that you can go into paintings. Two, 
There was a hidden banquet in some of these paintings, and three, that Quill was trapped in one of the secret paintings as well. Now, Quill, being wary of the Jank Squad due to his curse, and after an unsuccessful Gaia spell by Fleeple, a truce was formed, and a plan was concocted to where they would work together to defeat Renacor the Great. Now, as the Jank Squad prepped for the battle after partaking of some of the food from the banquet, Brick and Mortar were still in the dance hall when Mortar overheard Renacor the Great boasting of running a fighting pit decades ago. The same fighting pit that Mortar had been trapped in for most of his life. Brick, wanting to assist his brother, literally blew away the dance party and has invoked the wrath of Renacor the Great. So, having recapped all that, I need everybody to roll initiative, please. Let's fight a beholder, guys. Heck yeah. Should we? Should we, though? Oh, it's too late for that. It's happening. Do we know that, though? Not that you would really know yet. You don't know that, like, at all. (laughs) How about we just stay in this painting for the next 20-ish minutes and um, really just eat our way through this banquet and... Honestly, probably just two minutes. (laughs) So, anybody get initiative between 20 and 25? 20. 22. Ooh, very nice. Uh, 15 to 20. All right, 10 to 15. I got an 11. 5 to 10? 9. 6. Ooh. All right. And that's everybody. And Vargan... Quill, he did not roll great. Vargan got a 12 for his initiative. So, here's what I'm going to do for this battle here. Since there was a slight delay between when the battle was initiated and how long Vargan and the Jank Squad were in the painting, this first round of combat the Jank Squad will not be able to act because they are finishing their conversation and the preparations of partaking of the banquet before they hop out of the painting. So, this first round, it's going to be Brick, Mortar, and Renacor the Great. Who happens to go first in this battle? So, Renacor the Great, he turns around and uh, he's just, he's, his teeth are grit. He's he, uh, you just blasted away his entire party here, and he yells, You have betrayed my hospitality! Now face my wrath! And, Brick, you were the one to initiate combat here, so he is going to actually float over to you, and he's gonna bite down on you with everything that he's got. Oh yeah, come at me! Ooh, does a 12 hit you? Nope! All right, so this uh, beholder floats over to you and he tries to bite into you and you just try to poke a stick at him and uh, to stay back and he goes, well, enough of this. And he starts to float higher into the air. He was about five feet off the ground. Now he's about 10 feet off the ground, just barely hovering above where you currently are at as well. Still within reach of mortar for sure. And Brick, it would be a little bit of a stretch, but still within reach there. That is going to be his go. 
Now, before Brick or Mortar can take their turn, however, we're gonna do a lair action. Right in front of the musicians, they see what's going on, and Renacor, as he's floating up, and goes, Keep playing! We need some ambiance for a moment like this! And as soon as they just... And they just keep playing their instruments in a brisk and rushed pace, and right in front of them, from the ground, sprouts this eye stalk that sticks out of the ground and looks towards both you, Brick and Mortar, and it's going to target you, Brick. And so, Brick, I need you to make a constitution saving throw, please. That's an 18. Ooh, okay. So you are successful against this attack, but as you see this eye stock pop out, you look over and go, whoa! It's this beam of light that shoots from it. But this beam is dark, and it is wicked. And as it it still impacts you slightly, but you're able to get out of the way of the majority of it. And you take 18 points of necrotic damage. Oh! And he goes, huh, We'll see how you last against Renacol the Great! So that is the lair action, as he is 10 feet above the ground. And now, Brick, it is your turn. Oh, right here. So Beholder is still floating right up directly above me. Yes, he's just within your reach. Uh, if he were to float any further away, he would not be within your reach, but he's in melee range with you. All right, I'm, I've already got my Warhammer out. I'm just going to leap up and take a big swing at his underbelly. Okay. Now, is that Warhammer magical? It is. Okay. Uh, so any magical bonuses that you would get from it are actually negated this turn. So if it's like a plus one or a plus two weapon, that plus one and plus two is not applied to this attack because of his gigantic anti-magic cone. Oh, he, and he's staring down at me? Yeah, he's staring down and just glaring at you with the massive big eye that is right above his mouth, and there's this anti-magic cone that seems to be emanating from it. Invisible, but you feel that some of the luster of your weapon has gone out. So go ahead and roll an attack here. Oh, woof. Wow, okay. That's only an 11 to hit. I rolled really bad. Ooh, 11 is not enough to hit. Do you have a second uh, Do you have a second attack with your barbarian classes? I do. Okay, go ahead and roll on a second attack here if you desire. All right, that's quite a bit better. That's a 19 to hit. 19 is a hit. Go ahead and roll damage here. All right, all right. I just kind of graze him. That's not a ton of damage, but that is six points of damage. Six points of damage. Thank you. All right. As you do six points of damage, you you just smack him in his underbelly and he goes, you petulant whelp. You have a bonus action and a movement still if you'd like to take him. I'd like to use my movement to try to get far enough away from him to see if I can. I mean, he might just track me, but I'll try to get out of his magical cone. So you're gonna be heading uh, behind him, or on? Yeah, we'll do we'll do behind him. Yeah, and you kind of just are pivoting, I imagine, pivoting around him to stay within his uh, melee range. Or? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Um, and as you start to pivot around him, three of his eye stalks follow you. I mean, he's got eleven eyes, so there is no way that you could sneak up behind him, especially engaged in combat with him at currently. But at least you are out of his anti-magic cone here. Anything with your bonus action? Uh, nope, I'm good. Okay, at the end of your turn, he's going to take a legendary action. 
Oh, actually, I I remembered. Can I chug a potion as a bonus action? Yeah, I like to do that. Um, so if you want to chug a potion uh, to heal, go ahead and do that. Not to heal. I have a potion of giant strength that I'd like to chug. Ooh, very good. That'd be nice. All right. And what do you know what type of giant strength this is? This is actually, I, I knew that it's a potion of strength, but this is the mystery item that we got as part of character creation. So, you know, I actually don't know. Do you have any marks next to it? Just so I can confirm. I think I know what it is. It's, but... it's got a toenail floating in there. <laughs> this is a potion of fire giant strength. Oh, yeah. So with your bonus action, you chug that and you feel you have to swallow the toenail, which is pretty disgusting. But you've drink an ale that is hardier than this potion here. So. And as you you just feel your strength just inside of you, and feeling sufficiently buffed up by the spell. But at the end of your turn, Renicor is going to take a legendary action and shoot off another be- one of his eye beams. At this time, I need Mortar. I need you to make a Constitution saving throw, please. This is one of the the ice stocks that was not tracking brick. In fact, it was the one that had just kind of been focusing in on mortar, and it was sort of like settling in, and as soon as brick was done, it shot right towards mortar. So what was that saving throw? That was an 18. 18, also a success here. As you stand, you feel this beam. It's a different beam, and it, it looks quite different. This one's very gray, and as you just... You start to feel your bones seize up, and you start to feel uh, your body start to freeze. But as you look at your body freezing, you see Renacor sort of smirking at you. You shrug it off, and and it is your turn now. Hearing what Renacor actually did to Mortar growing up, knowing that he was behind everything... And seeing what he's doing to his brother right now, he's in a full-on rage. All right, bonus action to rage there. So you go into a frothy rage, Ah. calling upon your past, calling upon your history. That's your bonus action. You still have a movement and an action, if you'd like. And I get a double attack, right? Because I'm in an attack. That's correct. I, I don't know if this can stack, but I think it can. I want to reckless attack and use divine fury yep so reckless attack uh divine fury is whenever you attack uh which actually caleb we should have uh, done that for you as well but we'll get we'll do that next time round. but go ahead and reckless attack with your first attack uh that means every attack against you will be with advantage but go ahead and roll your first attack with advantage okay i'm just gonna go at him with my horns oh with your horns okay sounds good okay that is a 16. 16? That is not a hit. You, you go to swing with your horns, and as you try to get into his side, he just floats uh, very quickly. He shifts to the left very quickly to the point where you just miss him with your first attack. All right, well, I'm going to do my second attack with my horns coming back. Okay, sounds good. So you swing your head, miss. Second, go ahead and roll uh, with advantage. Okay, that's a 23. 23 is a hit. Okay. So this one is a 1d6 plus your strength modifier for damage. And this one just gores him into the left side. And Renacor just uh, quickly 
uh, moves out of the way to where the horn uh, doesn't go in too far, but it does do uh, some damage to it. Okay, that's a 12. 12! 12 points of damage. Well done. So you swing to the left. You miss. You swing to the right, and then it gets him into the side, and he just goes... And he he starts to narrow all 11 of his eyes, um, and he says, I... I remember you. I remember you! And he just starts to get angry. Uh, How much damage is that again? It was 12. So, you do have a movement. Do you want to move anywhere, or are you just uh, fine where you're at? I'm going to move in front of Brick. Okay, so you're going to pivot around as well. All of the eye stalks are looking at you. The only eye not looking is the gigantic eye that's now facing the other direction. He's going to take another legendary action at the end of his turn. And he's going to look directly at you, Mortar. And I need another constitution saving throw as a beam of light just shoots from one of his uh, eye stalks that has not been used before. This beam of light is very similar to the one that popped out of the ground and and hit brick initially, though. It's called an Enervation Ray, I believe is how you pronounce it. I got a 25. 25! Okay, so that's a success. So you also are going to take 18 points of necrotic damage as it just blasts into your chest. And you're like, and but you're able to like deflect some of it with your uh, magical weapon but you still take 18 points of necrotic damage on you. All right. Uh, I believe that's your bonus, your action, your movement. I believe you're done, Mortar. Is that right? Correct. So we go back to the top of the round. And now the Jank Squad, all of you hop through the portrait of the banquet into the banquet hall. It's the room that is somewhat adjacent to the dance hall and is not too far from them. And as soon as you jump in, you hear a mortar scream as he gets blasted by this enervation rate. And you hear Renacor yelling, You will taste of my anger! Things have changed since last you were here. And Vargan Quill, he turns to all three of you and goes, Well, let it be as... And now is the time for us to defeat Renacol the Great. Together! But Fleeple, you are first to go here at the top of the round. I'm going to try and rush into that dance hall. All right. That's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. You won't quite get to the front door, so if you wanted to get into the dance hall, you'd probably have to use your action to dash. Which I will. I'm going to rush to the other side of Renacor so that I can give my friends a flanking bonus if I can make it that far. Oh, you just can't make it. You can make it to the side of him right there, but you can't make it all of the way to give him a flanking bonus just quite yet. Okay, so before I reach Renacor himself, just as I'm entering into the room, I'm going to use my sacrificial offering feature uh, that was kind of jokingly placed on... Terry when we first got here but here's here's the whole shtick here with this. I now at level 10 have my ritual of mistletoe I have a number of sprigs of mistletoe equal to my level they're represented by d6s so I have 10 d6 and whenever one of my allies hits my sacrificial offering with an attack I can use my reaction to expend one of my sprigs of mistletoe roll the die and add the result as fire damage Oh, that is 
That is nice. So while I can't do anything with my action this turn because I had to dash, I'm at least going to get that. All right. So as you rush in there, mortar brick, the chosen one has entered into the room and has now has thrown some mistletoe. And that mistletoe, what does it look like as you uh, as he is now your sacrificial offering, uh, Fleepel? Well, first of all, I am just leaping and cavorting because I've got the effect of the jump spell on me from those awesome snacks that we had earlier. And so as I'm jumping up and down, I've got my sprigs of mistletoe and... Uh, it, I have to kind of trim them so I get like the perfect sprigs and I take all of the trimmings and I'm just kind of flinging them around like confetti hoping to maybe appeal to Renacor's sense of flamboyance but he doesn't know that I'm marking him as a sacrificial offering. He thinks I'm just getting ready for a party. <laughs> That's fair. So as he looks at you three of his eyes turn towards you, Fleeple. Doesn't say anything just growls. Arrgh! He starts to see three people. He, Although you are showing that there might be some sort of a celebration going on. He's in the midst of a battle, and he's untrusting. So uh, at the end of your turn, I believe that was your turn, right? Yep, that'll do it for me. Okay. So at the end of your turn, Lance, uh, you and the lair actions have the same initiative, so I'm going to roll to see who goes first right now. One through three is lair actions. Four through six is you. And I got a one, so the lair actions are going to go first, okay? So... As Renacor sees all three three individuals surrounding himself, he goes, Well, it looks like I could use some assistance of my own. And he just screams in this uh, dark speech. It's uh, As he screams, it sounds like it's both high and low and echoes throughout the chamber. And Fleeple, Brick and Mortar behind you and Lance and Mal, outside you can see the two suits that are standing in the hallway start to shake to life and they pull out their swords as the suits of armor are now on the offensive. That's his lair action. So now, Lance, it is now your go. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> knowing I'm invisible and I read the rules and I, my invisibility, because it's not greater invisibility, it's just regular, goes away as soon as I attack. So... I'm going to do something interesting, and it might pay off. It might not. We'll find out. But I'm going to turn to Vargan. I'm going to say, um, really quick, uh, you, you told us about the good food. Uh, w- which ones are the bad foods or drink, and, and what do they do? Tell me quick. Uh, well, <clears throat> well, um, I mean, one of them, uh, if, if you eat and uh, you uh, have no more constitution, so to speak, you explode. Uh, the other one, you just have... Um, uh, uh, a disadvantage when trying to maybe uh, enter a drinking contest and maybe your constitution is not as high or as robust as, as you would, you know? And uh, and that's about as much as he can describe within six seconds. Does he tell me what foods or does he just tell those things? That's all he could say within six seconds. All right, I'm going to look at Mal then and I'm just going to be like, I'll be back. And I'm going to hop back into the painting. <laughs> or... I guess Mal didn't even see me because I'm invisible. But I say that and I go into the painting. But she sees the painting ripple just like a Super Mario 64. And uh, here's the, <laughs> the little uh, sound effect of whenever you jump through a painting. Uh, you hop back into the banquet hall. So you're in there. That was, uh, we'll say, your action to jump through. Okay. Because I remember the things we ate. We ate two things, right? No, we ate three things. You ate three things, yeah. 
I'm going to go for one of the things we didn't eat and just pick it up. Okay, so uh, there's candied yams, there's stuffed peppers, there's uh, uh, veggie kebabs. Uh, uh, which one are you going for? I'll go for the pepper. Okay, stuffed peppers, sounds good. I grab the stuffed pepper, and I'm actually going to head to, because I have my movement and then my bonus action where I can move more, because I can dash with the bonus action. I'm going to grab the stuffed pepper, and I'm going to run to Vargan's little library thing that he was staying in and try and jump through that painting. Mmm, all right, sounds good. So as you grab the stuffed pepper, you rush over into the other room with Vargan, with your movement, you can't quite make all of your movement to jump through the painting, but you are really close to the painting to our next turn. We'll say that you should be able to jump through the painting on your next turn just using a uh, probably some of your movement, all right? That's, yeah, that's my turn then. I'm going to try something. Okay, sounds good. All right, that was Lance, and now it is Renacor the Great. In fact, at the end of Lance's turn, he's going to use a legendary action. On Mortar... Seeing you, recognizing you, you should have stayed in my pits. You should have been my champion for all time. Uh, a very the same paralyzing ray shoots at you, and I need a Constitution saving throw, mortar. That is a twelve. Okay. But I have fanatical focus, which I understand to mean I can re-roll. Ah, let's see. The Divine Power, if you fail a saving throw while you're raging, you can re-roll it. And you can only use this ability once per rage. Well done. Go and re-roll that. See if you can get anything better. That's a 19. Oh, that is a success. Well done, Mortar. Very good. So as you feel this paralyzing paralyzation come over you again you push through it you froth you bite your your lip to get some blood and just distract you from the rain you will not be paralyzed in this moment by this tyrant that was his legendary action now it is his action he's floating 10 feet in the air he's now going to float an additional 10 feet above and he's now 20 feet up above the party here the ceiling being 50 feet tall. And he is going to take his action to fire three of his rays. Okay, so, Mortar, the first ray, he says to you, well, if I can't stop you with fear, perhaps I can charm you. And a uh, bright pink, purplish ray fires from an, uh, one of his new stalks. Then I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw, please. Oh, that's a 10. Oh, Mortar, you are now charmed by Renacor the Great. And you f- the sensation you feel is very similar to when you were in the fighting pits. When you felt that like, you had to do something to get out, you had to leave. Somehow this calm and this peaceful feeling always came over you. And you recognize that now, coming over you in the midst of battle. So, just to give you, Heather, an idea of what it means to be charmed, a charmed creature can't attack the charmer or target the charmer with harmful abilities or magical effects. And that's pretty much it. So you are unable to attack Renacor for the time being. So, we'll see how long that charm lasts, but that is that on his turn. And the second one, he... uh, 
he looks towards Brick and goes, And you, you being quite a nuisance. And this just cold and gray, just solid, almost absolutely solid uh, ray just fires towards you. I need you to roll me a dexterity saving throw, please, Brick. Ooh, that's a 19. 19. As you feel your body start to stiffen, but stiffen in a different way, you see part of your fingertips turning gray itself on both of your hands. But as you do, you go, nope, nope, and you start to shake it out, and the uh, flecks of stone literally fall off of your fingertips, having successfully saved from being petrified. That was a close one. Let's not do that again. (laughs) And he goes, and at you, Fleeple, I need you to roll me a wisdom saving throw, please. That is a modded 20. Modded 20 uh, as this new this new ray, just bright and wicked red as it courses almost like lightning towards you. It uh, goes to strike your face, uh, but you duck out of the way. Um, as this fear ray just just zooms over your head, not overcoming you, not taking your mind, um, and you are still in this battle. And he goes, well, nobody seems to listen to me. I'm just off in my own world like Neo dodging underneath this lightning, and in slow motion you can see it crackling past my sunglasses as I'm just leaping up to dodge out of the way. Your sunglasses. I always forget about your sunglasses, but it's such a joy to be reminded of them in the moment. <laughs> um, all right, well done. That's going to be his turn as he... Now, the problematic thing is that he is now 20 feet in the air above everybody else. Uh, and this ceiling is about 50 feet tall. So just be aware of that moving forward. And he is going to turn his main eye stock to face the majority of the party here. Now that Renacor has gone Vargan, Vargan Quill is going to go. He's going to spend Mal. He's standing right next to you, but he's going to go. I have to prepare myself. <sighs> Give me one moment. And he just mutters something under his breath. And as he touches his, his forehead and as he does, you don't see any changes. But after about three seconds, he goes, all right, together then. And he rushes in five, 10, 15, 20, 25 30, he is right in front of the animated armor. And and that's unfortunately going to be his entire turn is standing right in front of the animated armor. Whatever you did, you hope is enough for the battle and you're getting ready to go. But Brick, it's now your turn. You are you have this anti-magic cone pointed down towards you, facing you. You now see your enemy 20 feet in the air. Because you look to your side, Mortar has taken a defensive position in front of you. Uh, what do you do with your turn? Well, first of all, I would like to rage. All right, take a bonus action to rage. Yeah. Then I would like to use my movement and jump up into the bear, the baby carrier on Mortar's back. All right. Sure enough, this baby carry that you have, you climb up with your movement, you jump in it, and you're ready. You still have your action to go. All right, am I, uh, is this beholder still in range at all? The beholder? He's not in range anymore. You could try to jump off of Mortar's head 
to do some sort of swinging action. I will require an athletics check to do that, though. Oh, you know that's what I'm going to do. All right, Mortar, you feel these soft feet start climbing you, running up your back, and you hunch your back. And just as a Brick is running to your head, ready to launch him into the air, I need Brick to roll me an athletics check, though. All right, that's a 16. 16? That's good enough to where Mortar, he launches you into the air just at the right time. And with your rage into the air, you can bring around your hammer and in two quick motions, you can make your attacks if you'd like. All right, that first attack. Oh boy, that first attack is, that's a 15 to hit. Uh, As you go up with your hammer, you try to swipe at him and you hit right into his side and it's just a rocky structure. And you're like, oh, didn't expect that. Uh, You can go with your second attack and try and smack him before you fall down to the ground. I do it again and that's a natural 20. Well done. Oh, there you go. All right, go and roll damage. Snaps, snaps, jazz snaps, jazz snaps. Okay, do you want me to double all dice? It is doubling all dice. So that is including your Divine Fury, which is a 1d6 as well. That's 35 points of damage. Whoa! As you, your first attack goes into a rocky structure, you don't even think about it. And as you're going through your, you go, that's weird, but you're already into your second and you smack directly into his anti-magic cone eye and and directly into the soft fleshy substance of his eye and you see some eye ickers splurt out to do 35 points of damage well done that was for you mortar and you start to fall immediately Ah! i'm gonna have you roll an acrobatics check to try and catch yourself though that's fair there's no way mortar can catch him since he's right above Mortar. Well, you already launched him up as a free action, so I'd say that he's on his own on the way down. Could that be athletics, or does it have to be acrobatics? Gotta be acrobatics. Ooh, that's a six. Okay. So you're gonna take seven points of bludgeoning damage as you come crashing down to the ground. As the 20 feet you just... And you sort of fall on the ground, but you're not prone. You catch yourself. However, you're raging, so it's halved. So you only take three points of bludgeoning damage. I'd say that was all of your movement, action, and bonus action. So I'd say a turn well done there, Brick. And Renicor is going to take a legendary action, not being too pleased at just being smacked in the face. And he's going to go, well, perhaps I need both of you to join me and that same pinkish purplish uh, ray as the ray starts to go towards you you're like oh no oh no it just about to reach you but due to the anti-magic cone the ray gets to you and then dissipates right before it gets you because the anti-magic cone works against the beholder as well and so mortar you did feel charmed but because you stand in this anti-magic cone You had that peace wash over you, and now the effect has dissipated. Rather, it has been suspended for the time being. And you just feel that rage, and you were first sort of like, why do I want to attack him? The eye looks at you and go, that's why I want to attack him. So, when it gets to you, you are not restricted by being charmed for the time being. Uh, wasted a legendary action. Okay, so Mal, 
it now comes to you as you are the only one in the banquet hall, uh, the banquet area, seeing Vargan in open doors and seeing these uh, animated pieces of armor standing ready guard to attack. What do you do? First, with the jump spell activated, can you move, jump, and continue your movement? Or is the jump part of your, like, you can move and jump and that's your movement? Hmm. Let's take a look. I I would like to say it's the the former, but let's just double check here with the, the jump spell. I totally forgot that all of you had the jump spell, except for... The jump spell says that your jumping distance is triple. It doesn't say you get added distance or anything. So I, I feel like normally when you jump, it's usually an action to jump because it usually requires some sort of athletic check. However, I will say I will allow you to use it as your movement if you'd like. To my understanding, if you're trying to do a tricky jump, then it might require a check. But other than that, one foot of jumping is just one foot of movement. Okay, that, let's, let's go with that then. So your jumping would normally be just your movement regardless. If you're going to do something crazy and like do some Assassin's Creed stuff, might have to do some sort of an action, but your jump is equal to your movement. So I ru- if I run 10 feet, I can jump up to 45 feet because that's the rules and the triple jump thing. But then I could not take the last 20 feet of movement that I would normally have. It would just be running and jumping and wherever I land, that's where I am. Yeah. Mal will take a five foot step to the north. So she's right in line with the suits of armor. And seeing that they are animated, she is going to shoot both of her Eldritch Blasts at the nearest suit of armor with her repelling blast invocation does that mean the first blast I can move the first guy 10 feet and then can I move him 10 feet again to crash into the second one and move him ooh let's take a look at this ooh 10th level stuff I I don't know how crashing things into other things to move them works in D&D yeah I, I like this I like how uh, when you hit it, I'd say if you were if you were successful in hitting it both times, then each time you can repel it ten feet away because it's two separate attacks. Therefore, it should it should count, right? That's that's how I view it. Perfect. The first Eldritch Blast will be sixteen to hit. Wait, first I'm gonna bonus action and then I'm gonna Eldritch Blast before you tell me if it hit. Bonus action cast Hex on the suit of armor. Okay, as you uh, bonus action cast Hex, normally we've been saying that your Hex is this inky black redness that's sort of like is this liquid. But for some reason, you feel and you see this Hex having been granted extra blessings from your patron. It almost has physical form and it crawls out of the ground and right in front of Vargan Quill. And it sort of like attacks the animated armor, not doing any damage, but swirling around it. And right before you shoot your Eldritch Blast, you hear in your head, Well, let's go there, little lady. Let's see what you can do. And your first attack with your Eldritch Blast is 16, you say? That one is a miss, unfortunately. So close. That's okay. I'm still still gonna shoot the second Eldritch Blast at him. Go for it. Now it's a natural 20. Whoa! 
Jazz snaps, jazz snaps, everyone. Jazz snaps. All right, y'all ready for this? So double the dice on that. That's hex, hex dice, and Eldritch Blast dice. Man, two natural 20s so far. 37 points of damage. 37 points? Woof. Whoa. Malmara, your first one misses, and the patron in your head goes, and it frustrates you because the voice that they are using is that of your grandfather. And he goes, well, come on now. You can do much better than that. And so it's just rage. You just shoot it out. And as you shoot it out, it's it's like one of those gigantic beams where like there's no escape. Normally it's just this tiny ball, almost like a Kamehameha almost, but this one is just, and it actually drags some of the banquet table towards the, the target. And it flings a chair, a couple chairs towards the animated armor. And the armor, as it just, it smacks into the side of his face. And then the armor turns towards just to see this massive energy come towards it. And as it does, the armor just flies apart and bursts away. And Malamar, the animated armor, is no more standing in front of Vargan Quill. And you see Vargan turn towards you with just absolute horror and shock in his eyes as the animated armor in front of him just has literally been blown away by one single attack by you, Mal. And just as you're breathing heavily, you hear in your head, now that is more like it. That was your action and bonus action, right? And you have movement still? Um, And then I'll use the rest. I did take a five foot step north, but I'll use the rest of my 25 feet to get as close to the door as possible because I can't jump because we already said we couldn't. You can get out of the door. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go all the way as close as I can to Quill. Uh, You actually can get just right next to Vargan, uh, just not quite as far as him. And he looks at you and goes, all right, Um, good attack. Uh, uh, Onward. Uh, Just kind of really shook up by you uh, sort of just destroying that animated piece of armor there. So we jump now to Mortar. Mortar. You were under the charm spell, but because the foolishness and the the pride of this beholder, forgetting about his anti-magic cone, you are not charmed by them. But he still is 20 feet floating in the air above you. It is your turn now. Okay, so I could jump into the air. How much of a jump do I get? How high can you high jump? I just looked this up because that might be part of my plan. (laughs) Uh, You can jump three feet up plus your strength modifier. Great. I can jump my height. Okay. That is if you are that is if you are running Yeah, you're, that is if you are running uh, ten feet. You have to run ten feet and then you can do that high jump. If you're just standing in place and jumping then it's like half that. Sure, I'll run in a ten feet circle. There you go. <laughs> uh, what's your strength modifier, hun? Four. Four. So you can jump seven feet in the air. It'll be tough, but I'll, I'll make you roll an athletics check, but because of your strength modifier, the DC will be lower. How high is he in the air? He's 20 feet up in the air, which is why I'm going to require the athletics check. I only want five feet height. You only want to jump five feet is what you're saying. Yes. I only want to jump five feet in the air. I understand. You got something else going on. I apologize. Go ahead. 
So seeing Brick fall down and being unable to catch him, because maybe I was charmed for a second, I'm not sure. I just get really mad. I'm still raging. I just zoom in a circle and I jump up five feet in the air with my great axe in hand and I flip it upside down and I throw my magic whip that's at the bottom of it that looks like steel but as I whip it it comes out and I'm gonna try to grapple him the reach is 15 feet whoa I forgot you had a magic whip oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> All right, go and roll an attack roll for this. All right, please begin. And uh, this is, it's technically an attack, right? Yeah. So you can reckless attack this if you want. <laughs> Natural 20. <laughs> oh, no way. Okay, okay. Uh, so that's a hit. Uh, does it do any damage when you're doing the grappling action? That we never flesh out. Uh, I would say no, it does not. We had said that the grapple was the action and that the the attack would come from the other side. That's right, because you wanted to use it as a, a grapple and then to pull and then do an attack later on. It was that I could grapple and pull towards me. That's right. And that would be your entire action to grab and pull if you absolutely wanted to. Okay. So the natural 20, it grapples around him and it being a magical, it just, it starts to wrap around him in a circle to the side and just, it's completely grappled him and he goes, what is this? With your second uh, attack, you can try and yank him down if you'd like. Yes. Okay, so that's gonna be an opposed athletics check with an opposed athletics check here. So you roll in athletics and I'll roll in athletics. Funny thing about beholders, they don't have great strength. Would I get the advantage on this as well, since is it still counting as an attack, pulling him? You do get advantage on strength checks if you're raging. So a grapple counts as an attack, but it requires an athletics check. But Jacob is correct. While you're raging, you get advantage on all strength ability scores. Okay. Thank you, Ned. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, D&D. That's a 16. He got a 15. Oh! Nice. And so you are able to pull him 15 feet down towards you and just, you just yank him down towards you. And he goes, and not loving that, but he is now back at ground level. Does he get damage from pulling him to the ground? No, he doesn't get hit on the ground. He just gets pulled down to ground level. So no damage there. And he goes, aren't you a slippery one? You still have a bonus action. I don't know if you have any bonus action capabilities, though. Yes, I do. So for my bonus action, tell me if I can do this. I'm not sure that I can with me, like, grappling him. But I have a bonus action. Spiritual weapon is a bonus action to cast. So... You would, yes, that is true, but you are raging and you cannot cast spells while you are raging. Normally, you would be able to do that, though. And then after this, it's going to be uh, the animated armor, and then it's going to be uh, back at the top with Fleeple, all right? So, Ned, you're going to be on deck just in a little bit here. Booyah. Dang it, there was a different bonus action. Oh, it was my my horns. The hammering horn trait, you can use a bonus action to attempt to shove the yeah, target with your horns. That. It wouldn't do any damage. Okay, sounds good. So it sounds like your turn is over, right? 
Okay, sounds good. So the animated armor uh, right next to you, Mal, and right next to Quill, it's gonna charge on over, and Quill's the closest one, so it's gonna just try and swipe with everything that it's got. So it's got a multi-tack, and it's gonna go against Quill, who is an armor class of 14. Ooh, that is a 23 to hit for the first one, and then a 14 to hit, 15 to hit. So both attacks get him. So he's going to do 2c6 damage. That is 7 plus 4. He's going to do 9 damage against Vargan Quill. And Vargan Quill goes, You hit like a baby. Oh, gosh, that hurt. Mm, all right. Well, here we go. And that's going to be the animated armor's turn. Now we go to the top of the round, and Fleeple, it is your go. Renacor the Great is now back to ground level right next to you. You see Mortar grappling with him, and uh, the anti-magic cone is faced away from you currently. It's your go. All right. What I am going to do then is I am going to use an ability that I have had but have not used up until this point. It is a kobold racial ability called Grovel, Cower, and Beg. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn up to Renacor the Great and say, Please, Mr. Renacor, don't be hurting my friends now. And the effect of this is that until the end of my next turn, all of my allies gain advantage on attack rolls against enemies within 10 feet of me that can see me. Oh, because they're distracted. Yep. So any of you attack rolls against Renacor until the end of my next turn have advantage. Dude. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. So that is my Grovel, Cower, and Beg. That's my action. And as a bonus action, I'm going to use my Ritual of Mistletoe. I'm going to expend one of my Sprigs of Mistletoe, and I'm going to do the Song of Solstice Ritual, which means that I can cast Heroism as a first-level spell without using a spell slot. And I'm going to do that on... Hmm. Brick and Mortar, who feels like they could use temporary hit points more? Sure, I'll take him. All right, I will cast Heroism on Brick. Okay. As you go to cast Heroism using your sprig of mistletoe, you see the mistletoe floating through the air, and just as it's about to reach Brick, it dissipates. Ah, the anti magic cone. Darn it all, darn it all, darn it all. Well, it's all right, I'm doing good. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thomas, is he technically still in the anti magic cone? even though I've pulled Renacor down right in front of me. The anti-magic cone is getting mortar and brick, and when the spell tried to go to brick, it hit the anti-magic cone. So Fleepo could cast spells because he's not in it, but he can't target anybody inside that cone. Right, I just thought I blocked him. That would have been ideal. Okay, so yeah, I guess that's going to do it for... Well, actually, I'm going to move so that I am fully on the other side of Renacor now so I can get that flanking bonus for my friends. Nice. But that's going to do it for me, and I'm just going to try and remember better during this next round that I have my opportunity to use my reaction to add fire damage when one of my friends attacks. Oh, no! Oh, man. <laughs> so everybody... So since Renacor is within 10 feet of you, everybody gets advantage on attack rolls this turn, right? Until the end of my next turn, yes. Oh, that is so clutch. All right. Well, at this time, Renacor the Great is going to use another legendary action here. He certainly loves his fear ray. And as you start to grovel, Fleeple, he's going to build on that and goes, Yes! Fear me! 
and I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw, which I know is your greatest stat, but whatever. Oh, that is only a 10, but I'm going to use a luck point. Bringing that up to a 17. 17 does succeed. Dang! New feats, new levels. Who dis? All right. So, yeah, you uh, continue this groveling of like, oh, yes. You know, like uh, you, you, you're afraid of him, quote unquote. But the fear condition is not upon you, thankfully. So you, st- you feel it start to come over yourself and you're like, wait a minute. Don't get too into character. Okay, we're good to go. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> All right. That's going to be his legendary action. Lance, I will roll again to see if you get to go or the lair action gets to go. Same thing. One through three lair action. That's going to be a three. This lair action gets to go here. All around Renacor, he starts to... Uh, all of his li- eyes briefly close before they flare open. And beneath Fleepo Mortar and Brick's feet... There's this gooey substance that starts to just cover the marble floor here, and it starts to grow around you, and it starts to grow. It starts to, like, try to hold you in place, but you move your feet, and it doesn't hold you in place, but this substance remains, and there is a 50-foot square of sticky substance that is now difficult terrain. 50 feet? Holy cow. That's going to be most of this ballroom here. And that sticky substance, if it's there for the rest of the battle, we'll have to see. But that is going to be the layer action's turn. Lance, it's your go. You can use the rest of your movement to jump through the painting if you'd like. Wait, so all my movement will be to jump through the painting? It won't be all of it, but it will be, we'll say, half of it. Just because uh, normally, I mean, last time I made you use your action to go through the painting, I I, I figured since you're almost there, you could probably use uh, half of your movement to jump through the painting unless uh, you'd like to use your action again. If you want to stick with what we did before. Well, let's, let's, I mean, let's stick with what we did before because that's fair. Okay, sure thing. Okay, sounds good. So you're going to use your action to jump through the painting. You have all of your movement and your bonus action then. And as you, as you jump through the painting... You are, you jump onto the ground just on the edge of the sticky substance, not quite in there, uh, almost. And you see, you see the whole situation. The stupid layer is doing everything against my plan. Oh, I'm going to go up in the air real high. Oh, I can't do anything. Oh, good. I can do something. Oh, wait. No, it's difficult to rain. Maybe I can't now. <laughs> All right. Let's figure this out. Okay. I am going to run to the side, uh, the left side, stage left side of the beholder. And I'm going to try, I don't want to get in his face, and there's obviously already people in his face, but basically what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to take this pepper and shove it in his mouth. <laughs> All right, now are you going to be, are you going to jump into this substance, or are you going to try and just walk through it and run as fast as you can? Um, I will. You have the jump spell on you. So I'm going to jump, I guess, to try and get close to him. All right. So as you jump, I'm not even going to make you roll because it's tripled, and you're just standing, you're like, all right. You weren't great at physical education when you were younger, but you just jump. And as you jump, you get right next to him and you see Mortar has is grabbing and just gritting its teeth. And you can use your bonus action to try and shove it into his mouth here. I will try and shove a pepper into this beholder's mouth. I'm picturing the Sultan in, in Aladdin, like force feeding the crackers to Iago. Yeah. I'll still make you roll. I'll still make you roll on this. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what to roll because he can obviously choose to close his mouth if he absolutely wanted to. But so I am see. invisible. 
so he doesn't know this pepper's coming at him. Oh! You are invisible. I'm just, in the six seconds I got, I want to time it right, because I assume he's gnashing and talking, and as soon as that mouth goes, it's pepper. <laughs> because you're invisible, let's go ahead and have you roll a stealth check. Just because as soon as you reach your arm into his anti-magic cone, your arm will be visible, but your stealth check, and the DC's quite low, so. So that's going to be, oh, what is this? Is it higher than a 10? Yeah, it's it's like, it's over like 25. <laughs> yeah, so you run in there and as you're like, yeah, and he just, you just, you just, Renacor hears you yell, eat the pepper, and you shove it in his mouth, okay? And he goes, and he starts to just chomp on it. And as he starts to chomp on it, I'm going to make him roll a constitution saving throw. And he got a 16 on his constitution saving throw. So for the cheese stuffed peppers, if he rolled lower than a 15, he would have taken 75 points of damage. But he rolled a 16, unfortunately. Amazing plan. So is it nothing or is it halved or... Uh, it doesn't specify, but I'll say that it's half damage because it just kind of makes sense to me. If you're going to take 75 anyway, like <laughs> cheese stuffed peppers. I mean, have we all eaten a cheese stuffed pepper? We know what it does to you. <laughs> <laughs> so He's going to take half that damage. So half of 75. Here is my math degree coming into play as I'm pulling up my calculator. 75 divided by two. 37 points of damage. Okay. That is good. All right. Do I have... I think I have more movement. No, because I used bonus action. Well, I jumped, and that was about however long. Do I have any movement to just back away a little bit? You can try, but he's going to get an attack of opportunity against you with disadvantage. Yes, but he just knows... He knows somebody... Shoved a pepper. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So if you try to back up, he'll going to take a disadvantage attack. He's going to try and bite at you with disadvantage. I didn't like that. Does an 11 hit? No. Okay, sounds good. I didn't think so. So, all right, well, that's him. And uh, that's going to be your turn, I believe, right? Yeah, that's my turn. At this, Renacor grappled, shifts his eye, because grappling doesn't restrict his movement. He can't move, but he can still shift in place. So he kind of, like, turns, and the big anti-magic cone goes directly towards Lance, where he knows there was something that moved over there. And Lance, your invisibility. Dang it. It's suspended. So it doesn't go away. It's just while you're in the cone, it's it's gone. So if you were to move out again, it would come back. And Mortar, why are you grappling Renacor? You shouldn't be harming this creature. This doesn't make sense for you to grapple him. Your charm spell is back in that effect. dummy! <laughs> I am no dummy. You watch your language, Mortar. Exactly. And he is going to take... He can't move anywhere, and instead of trying to bite, he is going to do three rays here. Ooh, got some interesting ones. So, first one goes to Brick. And Brick, I need you to roll a constitution saving throw. Luckily, I'm a hearty lad, and that's a 24. All right, so you feel the paralyzation come over you again. You shrug it off, and you're like, no, I will not be paralyzed in place. And so in in response to that, it goes, well, fine, then. And an enervation rate comes at you. I need another constitution saving throw, please. And then mortar. 
I need you to roll me a wisdom saving throw, please. Oh no, that's a critical fail. Now, you are raging. And as Mortar discovered, when you are raging, you can re-roll one saving throw. Absolutely, thank you, brother. The fanatical focus, is that what you're talking about? Correct. So, Brick, using fanatical focus, what's your re-roll? That's an 18. 18 is enough to take half damage from the Enervation Ray. Forty-one points of necrotic damage halved because you saved. So that's going to be 20 points of necrotic damage to you, Brick. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You've been hit quite a bit by that ray, I believe. I'm doing all right. All right, all right. Um, We'll see if we can change that. Uh, And now, Mortar, what was your wisdom saving throw? Damn, that would be a natural one. (laughs) Oh, you too. And you already used your fanatical focus, so as you... I give my inspiration to Heather. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so Heather, that means you get to re-roll again and take this result. Thanks. That's a 14. 14 is not enough. And as you think to think to yourself, why am I why am I fighting Renacor? And Renacor goes, yes, my child, perhaps you should just take a little nappy nap and you actually drop your weapon and you fall backwards onto your back asleep so I didn't take damage I just went to sleep that's correct oh that stupid thing (laughs) so I guess you are unconscious technically but no damage and brick mortar is just snoring next to you in the way that you hate that keeps you up at night and you're like ugh And why would he do this in the middle of a battle? I told him to take a nap before we left the home this morning. And as he is no longer grappled, being held down, he starts to float up. And he actually is going to go directly just 20 feet into the air immediately. Just use his entire movement to go 20 feet into the air and be like, Now you will see my true power! That's going to be Renacor's turn. Now... We go to Varg and Quill. And Mal, you and him are outside with one animated armor out there. So he's going to try and uh, attack against it. He's going to make two attacks with his dagger. It's a natural one for the first. And uh, 26 to hit for the second, which does hit. So after the first one, he goes, huh, uh, I'm a bit rusty. I'm at you. And he attacks again, does some damage to it. And that is going to be 1d4. Plus four, so six points of piercing damage. And at the same time, he goes, ha ha, you wouldn't, you wouldn't last one day in my royal court, you piece of armor. And he's going to cast Supreme Mockery at this animated suit of armor. Nothing happens, and he goes, well, poop. Dang it. Um, Orc, perhaps you can, uh, and we'll get to see if you are able to uh, fix this yourself he called Mal an orc. <laughs> Pompous bard, you know? Uh, and we'll see if, uh, Mal, you can fix this issue here. <laughs> that look in Mickey's eyes is scary. Brick, it's going to be your go now. Back in the battle with Renacor. The anti-magic cone no longer on you. Mortar asleep for some reason, though. Uh, what do you do? I'm going to try to wake up my brother. I'm going to turn towards him and uh, give him a non, non-damaging just couple of slaps across the face. Mortar, wake up. Wake up, buddy. Come on, wake up, bro. 
All right, that's to do that. It's going to be your entire action. That's fine. So as you shake him, you rouse him, you forego your two attacks, and as you forego your two attacks, Mortar, you are just drifting off to a lovely sleep about your garden. When all of a sudden, oh, oh, where are you? And you wake up. Good thing though, you are no longer charmed though, because you fell asleep. The charm effect ended. So you are awake. You are prone. You're on the ground, but you are no longer charmed. Uh, and Brick, that was your action. You still have your movement and your bonus action. Okay, let's see here. I will move to the opposite side, to the, let's see, the eastern side of this guy right here. You're going to pivot to the east uh, and make sure that Brick, uh, that you're uh, basically directly across from Lance. I am, by the way, I am too far away for, for any flanking opportunity because I backed off. That's okay. Plus, Renacor is 20 feet up in the air. That's right. I'm going to end my rage and cast Spiritual Weapon. Okay, sounds good. To end a rage is a bonus action. That's what oh, I thought. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Shoot. Sorry. <laughs> you have to calm yourself. <laughs> you need a second. You can't just be like, nah, I'm not mad anymore. Yeah, I uh, talk to my goddess and I say, hey, Lathander. Great mother of birth and rebirth and all that good stuff. Just help me come down here. I've, I'm sorry I got angry. I'm sorry that I went back to my old ways. <sighs> I can relax. You hear in your voice, in your head, Brick. My child, you are calm. <sighs> all right. That being your movement, your action, and your bonus action. We're going to hop over to Malamara with the animated piece of armor, where Vargan just called you an orc. Gosh dang it. Gosh dang it. Being called an orc, she just snorts and pushes past Quill five feet. Okay. Shove him out. Well, well, good heavens. Good heavens. Uh, For five feet, and then she's going to move another five feet toward that door past Mm -hmm. the... Pivot around the armor. Correct. Shoving open the door... Ignoring the armor, even though he's going to get an attack of opportunity, which is fine. That's five, ten feet. And now using the jump spell, realizing that ah, there's difficult terrain, she will jump over that sticky stuff to the stage on the far side of the boulder. Oh, okay. Sounds good. The stage being ten feet up in the air itself. And you, uh, with the jump speed being tripled, you... Jump on over there. There is an attack of opportunity, so I'll go ahead and roll that now. And that is going to be a 16 to hit. Miss. All right. Well, you jump over to the stage. You've just used your movement. You have your action and your bonus action still. Using my bonus action, I will gather that hex spell from the fallen armor in the hallway and cast it onto the beholder. I'm on the back side of him where the anti-magic ray is not looking. Absolutely. So you see this animalistic manifestation of uh, Malamar's power rip itself from the uh, dissipated armor and come bounding and bounding and jump 20 feet in the air and go and just attach to Renacor and swirl around him. And using my second spell slot, I will cast Scorching Ray, which is four rays of fire. And those all have advantage because of the Gravel Cower and Beg. I will cast four rays at advantage at Ranticore. Let's do them one by one here. 19. 19's a hit. Second ray. 22. 
22's a hit. Roll third ray. Ooh, 17. 17's a miss. Third ray goes wide. And fourth ray. 28. 28. Whoa! 28, and it's not a crit? Sheesh. Okay. Well, three of the four rays hit. I believe that's 3d6 per ray? Correct. There you go. And I'm definitely going to use my reaction real quick to add some additional fire damage to that. Oh, yeah. So, Mickey, roll... 9d6 fire damage. And add an extra 6 to that. So, 10d6 fire damage, Mickey. Oh my gosh. Wait, just an extra d6 or an extra 6 I rolled a 6 on my d6. Oh, okay, my bad. So, 9d6 and then then add 6 to the total. So, I rolled a total of 28 points of damage plus a 6. Okay, so that is going to be 34 points of fire damage as you blast him from behind. All of you ruined my party, my domain. I will not stand for this. 36 points of fire damage. Goodness gracious. And that's the end of my turn. Okay, he's now going to take a legendary action. Gosh dang, he loves that fear ray. Loves the fear ray. And he's going to... Who does he choose? Who does he choose? He's going to choose... Malamara just did a crap ton of fire damage, and so he's going to go... Fear me! And so I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw, Malamara. Good. That's, that's good. And Mortar, you're going to be up as soon as this is resolved. 17. 17 is a save against that. Dang, all of you. Gosh, dang it. And so you feel this wash, like this wave of fear come over you. But in your head, you go, I'll give this one to you. You just keep what you're doing. And you, you the fear condition <sighs> shunted from your body. You keep moving on towards the bat in, in the battle. Mortar, it is your go. How high is he now in the air? He is 20 feet into the air, but he did not unwrap the whip from himself. Oh, he, snap. He can't. He has, he has no, he has no hands. That's exactly. And so the, the whip is dangling 15 feet, and it's only five feet within reach of you. Great. I'm going to grab it. Okay, you grab it. You pull jump it and down. grab it, and you want to try and pull him down again. I need you to do an athletics check against him is grabbing it and pulling it down one action. Grabbing it, I'll say, is a free action, but the yanking down is one of your two attacks, I'll say. So you would still have your second attack if we uh, we see how this resolves. I rolled real good, though. And this is athletics, you said? Athletics. But since it's an attack, I do get advantage on it with reckless attack. If you reckless attack. Yeah, absolutely. You already get advantage on it because Ned, uh, Ned's thing. Well, actually, point. Oh, yeah, you get it. Yeah, you get advantage already. And point of order, you are not raging anymore because you woke up from being asleep. So, so if you want to rage, you're going to need to do a bonus action. Regardless, you get advantage thanks to Fleeper. I am bonus action raging, and then I'll grab. Okay, it. so you're going to rage. Great, rage, grab, and yank. What's your athletics check? With advantage. That would be a twenty-eight on a natural twenty. Again, a natural 20. Well, that does beat his two that he rolled. 
<laughs> Not enough to yank him into the ground to do damage, but you have your second attack if you'd like to use that. For any of the listeners who didn't listen to the bonus episode, this weapon is on one end and it turns into a whip. The other end is a great axe, so I'm going to yank him down and then hit with the great axe. All right, hit him with the great axe. Go, And this one is with advantage, so roll. Okay, that's a 25. 25, okay, that's a hit there. And go and roll damage there. It's 23. Okay, 23 points of damage. We will call that good. Man, he is just getting eviscerated here. 23 points of damage. Renacor, starting to look a little hurt. And starting to be a little bit fearful of what this might mean with everybody around here. And he goes, no, you are my champion. Mine. You belong to me. And with your turn being over, uh, Mortar, he is going to fire a brand new ray and goes, well, if I can't have you, no one will. And he's going to fire a, a death ray. And I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. And I have advantage on that because of reckless attack, right? Uh, you have a due to danger sense, which is another barbarian a, a ability. You do have advantage on dexterity saving throws that you can see. That's a nat 20, so 22. Oh, so as this, ju- it's, if you were to take some time to actually look at this in the inky blackness, you would actually see get like skulls, little tiny skulls floating around in the ray and you just hear this wailing wailing of the undead of people screaming their last words no please don't just as this ray comes at you and attacks you successfully dodging out of most of it you still take half damage so let me roll here 53 points of necrotic damage halved which would be 26 points of necrotic damage directly to to you that's going to be his last legendary action. And so we finish the round with the animated armor attacking Vargan Quill twice. First successful hit. Second successful hit as well. So he's going to do oh, double ones for his attack. So that's only five points of damage to him. And Vargan going, don't worry. I have it handled out here. You take care of Renacor. And Renacor going, well, it seems all of you have just betrayed my trust and I'm going to make you pay that is where we'll end this week's episode of iCast Fireball to be fair I never met you that's fair. You never entered this room. Neither did yeah. Mal. Yeah, we're, we're oh, not betraying trust. We're, wow. we're literal imposters. Yeah, we never got that far with trust, right? Am I right? <laughs> oh. That snide comment is so on brand for Lance. It's true. It's very true. Oh. So, possibly one half of the way through a beholder attack. A lot of clutch moments there. You guys have just been saving all of your saving throws. And that is just frustrating and exciting as a dungeon master. <laughs> a lot of natural 20s, mm-hmm. man. We had like four natural 20s this session. Seriously. I'm sure Heather had four natural 20s. <laughs> yeah. Nah, why did I give her Thankfully, inspiration? That was poopy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully for me, it was only when she was grappling, it seemed like. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we'll have to get back into the next round of combat here and see how it plays out, how it shakes out. If Vargan Quill will actually step up and and uh, defeat this step suit of armor and... Or maybe the Jank Squad and company will have to do, take care of it all on their own. But we'll find out on the next episode of I Cast Fireball. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. As always, we just love you tuning in to listen to our story episodes here, our bonus episodes here, and even our guest appearance episodes here. Thank you to Heather and Caleb for taking time out of your schedule to join us for these exciting episodes. But you listeners out there, we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed playing this intense combat. From wherever you get your podcasts from, please leave us a review. It boosts our rating through each podcast service, puts us in other people's recommended feeds, and it lets us know that you like what we're doing. If you want to write something a little longer than a review, shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe some strategies that you have about defeating a beholder. But regardless, we're hoping to get the word out there and set this podcast on fire. As always, to get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here, follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. Maybe you can see Brick and Mortar's character sheets as a special behind-the-scenes preview for maybe some upcoming episodes or some insights from the players in Dungeon Master or just to get interesting insights of us making this incredibly fun world. As always, we've got our sister podcast for our resident mistletoe Cobalt over there, improv tabletop, where myself, Heather, Caleb, Ned, we've all taken a shot at improv tabletop there, and where Ned takes a shot being a game master, running through either the Fate Accelerated system or the new Avatar Legends tabletop system as well. It's a lot of fun with for the, through these wacky and crazy adventures, so go give them a listen and give them a five-star review. Show them a little bit of love. Lastly, like, subscribe, and share with all your friends and fellow wacky adventurers, but until next time, I'm Thomas, your Dungeon Master, and around the table, we've got... Malamara. Lance Thalen. Fleeple. Motorogunaman. And Brick. Let's keep that fire going, everybody, and we'll see you next time. 